0: Well, Shabbat Shalom, everyone. I'm Paul Henry with Four Winds Church. Once again, this is our online teaching ministry. I am really honored uh, that you would uh, do this study with me. We're starting a new study. Not really sure how long it'll take. It could take, I really don't know, six months, a year, forever. I don't know. Uh, But I've entitled this uh, The Big Picture, And the idea is to hit the mountaintop, the peaks of the main uh, events and storyline in your Bible so that everything else will make more sense or so that the whole Bible story, the whole Bible narrative will make more sense to you. And hopefully, like it did for me, cause your Bible to literally explode with meaning. It turns it into a, or changes it from a disjointed set of abstract, (laughs) unrelated stories about Adam and Eve and Noah and Lamech and, These kings and the Bible event and the flood and weird things like the Nephilim and these giants and just all kinds of weird stuff going on that's all in your Old Testament. Um, And you think it's not related. Then you get into all the prophecy books in your Old Testament. You're like, I don't even know who's talking who. What are they talking about? Is this the whole nation of Israel? Is this the ten northern tribes? Is this the two Southern tribes, what in the world, and these other kingdoms of Syria and Babylon and Egypt, and it gets into all this stuff. You I have no idea. And you've typically been told, you know, just study that and you'll find a uh an allegorical uh truth to it. Uh something that you could possibly apply to your life. You go, Really? <laughs> That's the best we can come up with. And then you got your New Testament. Oh, it's all about Jesus getting saved, getting into the kingdom. Just accept Jesus as your Savior. Your sins will be forgiven. You get into the kingdom. You'll be able to go to heaven. Everything's going to be fine. And you go, okay, well, you know, I guess that's it. And I go, that's it? That sounds pretty chaotic. Um, Doesn't sound like the God of the Bible I've come to know and that I think there's a rhyme and reason to everything. Oh, yeah, 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 that's right. Everything points to Jesus. So just all that other stuff, it's just all pointing to Jesus. And I go, okay, I know that's true. Is that the reason why all that stuff happened? Was to point to Jesus? Couldn't he just come out and say, hey, I'm going to send Jesus, and his real name is really Yeshua or Yehoshua or whatever, but... Yeshua Um, and that's it couldn't he just say hey I'm gonna send Yeshua he's gonna save the world from their sins if you accept him as a savior you get into the kingdom if not you don't why I go through all this other stuff well there's a reason it's because it is all connected your Bible is more simple than you've been told it is complex although it is not necessarily complicated, if that makes sense. It's actually easy and easy to understand, but it is very complex. There's a lot of details in it, and yes, you can handle it. So I'm really glad that you're taking the time to study this with me. I hope it'll be meaningful. I hope it'll be helpful. And um, if it is, leave us a note. Please send us a message. Uh, It helps more if you'll leave the messages and stuff online than sending them to me via text or email. uh, Simply because that kicks in the algorithm a little more, more people might stumble on it. And maybe people will be blessed through this study. So you can help us out a lot. You can help the kingdom, I believe, out a lot by giving us some like clicks and leaving a comment. You know, this was interesting. I think you're nuts, <laughs> whatever. And, um, you know, be nice. And, uh, maybe some other people will find this and be blessed by it. So before we start, uh, let's pray together. I hope you got your Bible. Hope you're going to have pen and paper. Uh, this first one is entitled the war. How did we get here? Uh, so, uh, let's let's pray, and then we'll dive off into this incredible topic of the big picture and understanding our Bible from a more complete perspective. Let's pray together, Heavenly Father. We love you very much. We're grateful, Lord. We are grateful for your grace and mercy. We're grateful for Yeshua. Thank you for our salvation. Thank you for the gift of the Scriptures that it can be literally a light unto our path. It can be our life, our health, our hope. It can be bring peace through understanding what you're doing and why and how much you love us. Lord, thank you so much for all your blessings you're pouring out on us. Lord, I pray for the peace of Jerusalem. I pray for the people in Israel and the war that's going on currently. God, be merciful. Protect your people. And, Lord, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. God, help us. Be with us as we study your word. And we pray all this in Yeshua's name. Amen. All right. So like I've said, this study is about, this first one is about the war. How did all this get started? What in the world is going on? And uh, this study will be more topical in nature than and. Exegesis of scripture, which is what I'm a lot more comfortable with. So, this is a little bit challenging for me to go through (laughs) topics, teach on topics, because I'm a whole lot more comfortable with let's look at the passage. What does it say? What is it talking about? Who's talking? What is it in context? What's the conclusion? To me, that's a pretty simple way to read and study and teach on your Bible. So let's look at this. So before we start talking about what's going on today and in our world today, we have to better understand the history of how we got here. If you don't know what happened in the beginning, you're not going to totally understand what's happening now. What's going on today in the world in every aspect personally, nationally, geopolitically, meaning all over the world is directly connected to how all of this got started in the first place. All of this is unfolding from what started back in the beginning. So we've got to understand, How we, how all this got started, who were the main players, what's going on, we're going to study it in context, because if you don't know where you came from, you don't know where you're going. So to get started, we need to set a precedent that's established in scriptures about the characters in this story. If you don't know who's involved, you don't know what's going on. It's just that simple. Um these are obvious that I'm going to share with you, but it gets more detailed as we go through this study. So the characters are obviously humans. There are also beings or entities or whatever that are in the heavenly places or the heavenly realm, or let's call it even the heavenly realm. Dimension. That's a more common current phrase. It's a little bit more understandable than the heavenly realm or a heavenly kingdom. We don't think in those terms too much. We kind of think more in terms of dimensions just simply because of, well, quite honestly, movies and things taught in our schools. So, uh, uh, heavenly dimensions. Now, it's whether or not you want to call them angels or even good angels and fallen angels, or demons, or devils, or whatever. There are all these beings in this heavenly dimension. And then there's the obvious main character, which is God slash Elohim, and that's in all of his manifestations or persons that are found in what we call collectively the Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. I'm not going to dive off into that and try to explain and and define and defend uh, the view of the Trinity. I'm just saying that there's God, and he has manifested himself in, in many different ways, and he's the obviously the main character. He is the creator of everything. So, as we're going to look at these entities, so that we understand what's going on, and I know this is a lot of background information, but we've got to cover this. I hope at the end of this, you'll be able to crack the door open, so to speak. So to get started, we're going to look at at least a couple of passages. There's more, but at least a couple of them that I think are important to help us understand kind of what's going on in this other dimension and then also how that's related back to this dimension. You have to wrap your brain around some of these things to get a grip on what's happening and a big thing that I'm going to share with you, and I don't think we'll get there today, probably going to be next week. Uh, But let's start in Psalm 82. Uh, In Psalm 82, verses 1 through 8, very important Uh, passage, simply to help you expand, and the reason I'm sharing this is to expand your mindset on what your Bible says and what is going on in this other dimension, and that that dimension is impacting this dimension. And back in the garden, they literally interacted with one another seamlessly so in Psalm 82, verses 1 through 8, and I'm going to read this from the scriptures version because it will make something stand out, I think, I hope. It says, Elohim, it's a word for God, Elohim stands in the congregation of El. El is short for Elohim. That's where you get the words like and names like Daniel, uh, Ezekiel. Michael, Gabriel—you know, just it—all of these are reflected on God and His attributes, or their standing with God. So He's standing in the congregation of El. He judges in the midst of the Elohim, and then he goes, "How long will you? How long would you judge perversely?" And show partiality to the wrong. Selah. Give right ruling to the poor and the fatherless. Do right to the afflicted and needy. Rescue the poor and the needy. Deliver them from the hand of the wrong. Sorry about that. Uh, They do not know, nor do they understand. They walk about in darkness All the foundations of the earth are shaken. I, I said, you are Elohim, all of you, sons of the Most High. But as men, you die and fall as one of the heads. Arise, O Elohim, judge the earth, for you shall possess all the nations." We literally could camp on these eight verses quite honestly for months. We could use this as a springboard to chase so many different things. but all I want you to see here is to have a is to be clear that there are beings that God, the creator of everything that he interacts with that are part of this other, dimension this other realm outside of our physical dimension or realm, and that there are many types of these beings in scripture you have angels that are messengers you have cherubim seraphim archangels and more these are designations of actions or positions and not just types uh One thing is clear is that God is not boring in his creations, plural. Um, There are so many um, variations. That's really pretty cool. Uh, There's also one character in this that we're most familiar with, and that would be Satan or Lucifer. He's, Often are also referred to as the accuser of the brethren, the dragon of old, father of lies, and so on. But I want you to notice that in Psalm this Psalm eighty two passage, that the, the, the de- general designation of these beings is Elohim. This is a designation of origin, more than a type or a title or a name. You know, what do I mean by that? Um, it's like we're all humans, right? But some of us are women, some of us are men, and then you have children, then you have positional titles, you have job titles, ability titles. These are subcategories that help you uh, drill down to specific beings that you're talking about and not just humankind in general some people have limited abilities whether you want to call that a disability or whatever but limited abilities some people have heightened abilities uh heightened skills extraordinary abilities uh like heightened uh eyesight or hand-eye coordinate coordination or even cognitive abilities uh some of us like think of it this way i'm from texas so This came to mind. Some of us are Texans. Everybody else wishes that they were. (laughs) This is the joke. Some of us are of one color. Others are different color. And that's fine. It's just the way we are. Some of us have beautiful hair. Some of us have lost our hair. Um, We are all different. And at the same time, we are very much alike or similar. Even though there are differences, all of us are human. In the same way, there are differences in the heavenly dimension, but all of them are Elohim. They're part of that dimension. Another passage that deals with this is actually in your New Testament. It's amazing. Yeshua actually quotes this passage. In Psalm 82, you believe that Yeshua in the defense of who he is and what he said about himself quotes this very same passage. So if Yeshua quotes the passage, does that add some validity that it should be in your Bible? So if you're going, yeah, well, I'm not really sure if that's what it says. I'm not really sure if that's what it means. I doesn't really mean that it's really a name. And I've heard people, intelligent people say that. I'm like, okay, really? Yeshua uses this very same passage defending his comment. Watch this. Yeshua in John chapter 10, verses 34 and 30 through 36. Yeshua answered them, Isn't it written in your writings or in the scriptures? I have said you are gods. If he called them gods, to whom the word of God came and, quote, the scriptures cannot be broken. They say of him, now he's talking about himself, the one that the father set apart and said into the world, you speak blasphemy because I said I am Ben Elohim, the son of God. So he's saying, you're saying I'm committing blasphemy because I said I'm the son of God. And yet it's in your writings that God said to these other beings, you were God's. And we both know that the Scriptures can't be broken. That's what he's saying in Paul Henry's interpretation. That's Paul Henry's vernacular of, what are you guys talking about? It's in your writings, right? You're supposed to be teachers of the law. It says in the Torah, it says in the Scriptures, I said you are gods. And if he said you are gods and the Scriptures can't be broken, why are you claiming I'm committing blasphemy because I say I'm the Son of God? It's like he's saying... You know what? You're an idiot. You don't know know what you're talking about. All I want us to see at this point is that there are a variety of beings in the heavens and that God does not operate in a complete totalitarian vacuum. Meaning, He doesn't dictate every action, every thought, and every outcome. He knows them all, but he doesn't necessarily dictate every single one of them to happen. What do I mean? He allows his creation to participate in this process of existence in the heavens and on this earth. This is real important to understand. Man, I hope I can get through just this first half of this teaching. Uh, There are many references in the New Testament about our agreeing on something, binding or loosening on this earth and in heaven. We're even told in James that we do not have because we do not ask or we ask with the wrong motives. What? That's what it says. Believers all over the world are walking around powerless only because they do not understand what has been given to them, and how all of this life in the kingdom stuff works and what the purpose is. The overwhelming majority of believers, watch this, and you might be part of this, the overwhelming majority of believers are simply trying to survive this life and get into heaven where they won't have to worry about all this stuff anymore. Is there anybody out there that can relate to that? Go ahead and raise your hand so they can see you online. The devil has been lying to you about everything, and it's time to unravel this tangled up mess we find ourselves in. Man, I only hope that we have enough time left to understand this and get ready for what's coming because it's coming, and it's coming quick. So let's get back into our study here. Cannot chase too many rabbits, even though I want to. I want you to notice how... Yahweh interacts with a group of beings and he actually asks for their ideas. And he's actually asking for a volunteer. So if you're thinking God is up there sitting on his throne, he's throwing down lightning bolts, and this is how this is going to happen. And I'm going to dictate that if you, if you bend over to pick up that rock and an arrow flies over your head, I'm the one that caused you to bend over. Okay, maybe, maybe not. Um, I think he allows us to participate. And so sometimes, (laughs) a friend of mine said one time driving down the road, you know what, you play stupid games, you win stupid prizes. Sometimes he just lets us go, okay, you want to play that dumb game? You're going to win a dumb prize. Wear yourself out. I'm not going to force you. I gave you free will you might be wise to use it for the good and not the evil. You you might want to get your Bibles out and look at this, and I'm going to ask Matt uh, to pull this up on the page here, see if I can even blow this up, I don't know if I can, uh, where you can focus in on this passage. These are also my notes you're seeing But you'll see this passage here in 1 Kings 22, verse 19 through 23. And this is from the uh, Tree of Life version. It says, Micah then continued, and he's the prophet. "Uh, Therefore, hear the word of Adonai. I saw Adonai, or I would say Yahweh, sitting on his throne, with all the hosts of heaven standing by him on his right hand and on his left. So there's a host of people or beings that are there. Verse 20, then Yahweh said, Who will entice Ahab to go up and fall or die at Ramoth-Gilead? So he already knows that's where he's going. So in other words, God understands the future and he understands how things could. Go- But now he's looking for people, or he's looking for these beings to get involved in this process. Meaning he's not acting in a total totalitarian vacuum. Um, Verse 20 again. Who will entice Ahab to go up and fall at Ramoth Gilead? One suggested this and another that. So now they're throwing around ideas until a certain spirit came forward and stood before Yahweh and said, I will entice him. And so Yahweh asked him, how? (laughs) How are you going to do it? So he's like, okay, tell me what you want to do. I think it's cool. It's really awesome. And he said, I'll go up and be a deceiving spirit in the mouth of all of his prophets. And then he said, who? Yahweh. You shall entice him and shall prevail also. Go and do so. Now, therefore, behold, Yahvah has put a deceiving spirit in the mouth of all these prophets of yours, and Yahweh has decreed evil upon you. Wow, did you see that? That's amazing, isn't it? So now we see that God is saying, this is how these things are going to pan out, but I'll tell you what, I want you guys to get involved in this you got any ideas on how we can make this happen and on top of that who wants to go and help me do it and it literally says that there are suggestions that come up one said hey yeah, let's do this hey let's do that no let's do this oh let's do that God's sitting there going okay and you can almost see him saying I'm just waiting for the right angel the right Elohim to say the right thing and then I'll tell him and I know it's old Bob over there, but he just hadn't said, oh, there he comes. Because <laughs> he's God. He knows everything, right? It's not that he didn't know. He's letting us participate. And in our vernacular today, it's like he's, I tell you what, you be you. You be you. I'm going to sit back and watch this, and I'm going to let you participate. I'm going to let you do this with me. And at the same time, I'm going to let you be you. You do you, man. And he lets us do that. I think it's Awesome. God allows their ideas to float around the room so to speak and then God directs the meeting and and he, and one steps steps up and he's got this idea and that it's it's awesome. I think it's awesome. You see God is not opposed to his beings expressing their individual their individuality or their ideas as long as that is in alignment with his standards and purposes. We have the same freedom and privilege you do to this day you do. And you don't see it because you've been lied to for so freaking long. It's time to stop the lies. It's stopped to penetrate this garbage. So that's sort of what's going on. You just have to kind of keep that in my in your mindset as a background of information. And I hope it kind of go your your mind is already kind of going, Whoa okay well that's different good because we're about to get into a lot of stuff that's different throughout this whole study and i hope you're going to do what we did at four winds when we started going through some of the stuff we go wow who put that in my bible it's there it's in your bible the problem is we don't read it and we don't read it for what it actually says so we also need to pay attention to what our purpose is and we've already been told what our purpose is we're just not paying attention uh, and it's our purpose in this grand story. And this is the part that's huge. Ephesians 3 verses 10 through 11, it's a passage most believers are real familiar with. But it says is a concluding statement here. <clears throat> it says in verse 10, the purpose, the purpose is that through Messiah's community, that the multifaceted wisdom of God might be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly places, which is in keeping with the eternal purpose that he carried out in Messiah Yeshua, our Lord. Once again, we could camp right here For months. Why? Because this is central. Paul knows this stuff and he's like, this is what's going on. This is what you were created for, for crying out loud. To make known to these rulers and authorities in these heavenly dimensions, what? God's manifold wisdom, his manifold wisdom to glorify God, to prove that he is God. And this is in keeping with his eternal purpose that he's had all along. Oh, my goodness. The ultimate purpose of believers. Now, watch, watch out on this because this is going to offend somebody, maybe most of us. The ultimate purpose of the community of believers is not evangelism or preaching and teaching to encourage people or to equip the community. That is stuff we're supposed to be doing, but that's not the ultimate purpose. The purpose of the community, the teaching and equipping and evangelizing and bringing more people in is the process, but the purpose is to display the manifold wisdom of God and His love, grace, and mercy. That's the purpose, and to do it primarily to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly dimensions also in the physical realm, but their role in this is a little different than their role because we're supposed to be displaying that because the angels are even looking at us going, Whoa, what in the world is going on, man? I just keep chasing rabbits and getting off my notes. Um, It's, clearly to magnify the glory of God to the entire created realms, both physical and unseen, and especially the rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. What is amazing about that is that this is exactly the same purpose given to the nation of Israel. They were to be a light to the nations, pointing everyone to the one true Elohim above all the other Elohim, and that he is the creator of everything and everyone, and also as the very sustainer of life and existence. We're supposed to be doing the very same thing. It's not different at all. That's what we're supposed to be. Don't lose sight of that as we continue, because this becomes very important. One of our big problems is getting stuck on the tiny details of our lives in the here and now and forgetting that our citizenship is in heaven and part of God's kingdom and also something else. And we get really caught up in this. Paul, again, in Ephesians chapter 6, another passage most of us are extremely familiar with. It says, and if you're looking, I'll get Matt to pull this up again, Uh, on uh, my notes, Ephesians 6. And we'll just uh, continue on here for a second. It says, For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against rulers and against powers, against the worldly forces in this darkness and against the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places. We're not fighting against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers in the heavenly places. And he goes, therefore, since that is the case, now this is what you do. Verse 13, you take up the full armor of God so that you may be able to resist when the times are evil. Are the times evil today and increasing? Yes. And after you've done everything to stand firm, stand firm then, buckle the belt of truth around your waist and put on the breastplate of righteousness. Strap up your feet with the readiness of the good news of peace or shalom. Above all, take up the shield of faith with which you will be able to extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. (laughs) Our battle isn't against flesh and blood, but against the evil one. Now look, continue to look at this with me. Our battle isn't with humans, but with fallen, or with the fallen ones of this evil group in the heavenly places. Look at this. Uh, very interesting. Now, Paul's still talking in Corinthians. Not in Ephesians. Now he's talking in Corinthians. Paul understood this stuff. Look at what he says here. When one of you has a grievance against another, does he dare go to law before the unrighteous instead of to the saints? Or do you not know? Oh my goodness, you see that? Do you not know that the saints will judge the world? And if the world is to be judged by you, are you incompetent to try trivial cases? Really? Are you seeing that? I got my cursor here on this. Here, Look at this. I highlighted this for me and for you. Do you not know? And I would say, yeah, we don't know. That's exactly right. That's part of the problem. We don't know. Paul goes, what are you doing taking brothers and sisters to court? Oh, oh, is it that you don't know that the saints, the believers are going to judge the world? Look at what it says in verse three here. Do you not know that we are to judge angels? How much more than matters pertaining to this life? Wow. Let's talk about this for a second. Look, listen to this. Paul is dealing with the Corinthian church, and he's like, I am shocked and grieved at what you people are doing. And it's like he's saying, are you freaking kidding me? Are you kidding? Okay, you got two people that are brothers and sisters in the kingdom. You're both believers in Yeshua. You're accepting the word of God. You're accepting the Messiah. You're in the community. You're in the kingdom of God. You're getting a hold of all this. And yet you're taking each other to court? The court of the world to render judgment between the two of you? What are you doing? Have you lost your freaking minds? Oh, I see. The problem is you don't understand that we, the saints, people in the king in God's kingdom, are gonna rule the world, the worldly system, the physical realm what then he goes on he goes and you got grievances against one another and you you're going to law before these unrighteous judges really and then he goes oh there's something even bigger don't you know of course we don't know that's why we're doing all this dumb stuff don't you know that we are to judge angels oh my gosh This is huge. Why is it huge? Because the Apostle Paul knows his Bible, for crying out loud, and we don't. Don't have a clue. Most of the preachers out there are actually preaching gobbledygook garbage. Sorry. It's self-help, feel-good garbage instead of getting into the very meat of the Word of God. And my people perish for a lack of knowledge. My goodness, is that not true? don't know who we are, what we are, what we're supposed to be doing. We're just caught up in this, and just, it's craziness. He goes, do you not know that you are to judge angels how much more than matters pertaining to this life? He goes, you can't figure out how to deal with things between brother and sister. You don't even know, do you? You're supposed to judge over the angels. Part of the problem is not realizing what your position and authority is and freedoms and privileges are therefore you walk around blind deaf and dumb and the devil could care less what you're doing he's not tempting you he's he doesn't care cuz he we're doing a great job of messing up our own lives i got to i've got to continue i know i'm blowing my time but <clears throat> try to keep these manageable James uh, 4, verses 1 through 11 i will get this pulled up for you as well. Real important. Dealing with this very same thing that Paul was talking about in Ephesians and Corinthians. James says, where do quarrels and conflicts among you come from? Same thing. Don't they come from this, namely your possession, your passions that battle within your body parts? you crave and have not, you murder and you envy, you cannot get it, you fight and you wage war, you do not have because you do not ask, you ask and do not receive because you ask with wrong motives so that you may spend it on your passions. (laughs) I already quoted that to you, but you got to keep reading. You adulteresses, there it is again, don't you know, and I would say no, we don't, don't you know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Therefore, whoever wishes to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. Or do you think? Actually, we don't think, we assume. Or do you think that in vain, the scripture says, he yearns jealously over the spirit which he made to dwell in us, the Holy Spirit, he yearns for that but he gives greater grace. Therefore, it says God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Now look what it says. Now we're talking about this spiritual war again, ruling over angels and even the devil. He goes, therefore, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Lament and mourn and weep. Let your, let your laughter be turned into mourning and your joy into gloom. Humble yourselves in the sight of Adonai, in the sight of Yahweh, and he shall lift you up. It's all about him. Do not speak evil against one another, brethren. There it is again, these conflicts between ourselves. Why? Because we don't know who we are, what we're supposed to be doing, and we're like spoiled children arguing with one another over the same little toy that is meaningless in the grand scheme of things. Sorry, got off onto something there. Do not speak evil against one another, brethren. The one who speaks against a brother or judges his brother speaks evil against the Torah and judges the Torah. But if you judge the Torah, are you not a doer? You are not a doer of the Torah, but a judge. You've set yourself above it. Oh, my goodness. Um, this is incredible. Absolutely incredible. No one wants to talk about this aspect of our purpose in this story. This doesn't want to talk about it. We are an integral part of this overall story, and epic battle between good and evil. You're an integral part of it. Our battle is not between flesh and blood, humans, but rather it's with the powers and authorities in the heavenly dimension. We are making known the power and glory of our God and King. Now, this is mainly from a New Testament perspective which I'm supposing that most of you are most comfortable with I simply want to set our minds on what our role is before we try to tackle this big question which is this why and how did we get to where we are today and I'm hopeful that by now you're starting to see that we're in this biblical conflict with spiritual forces beyond this physical realm, and I want you to keep in mind as we continue to move forward in our study. Keep this in mind. Now watch. With all of the conflicts in the world today, and especially the war in Israel as I'm writing this and teaching on this, could it be any more clear how important it is to have a clear factual evidence of the reality on the ground before you form an opinion, misinformation is what it is now called. When I grew up, it was called lying and propaganda. It's so sad for me to see that young and adult and young and old alike that have lost all abilities to engage in critical thinking and common sense. Lies and propaganda have literally taken over the minds of millions of people in the world today. Therefore, you should understand how important it is to fully understand the past so that you will know where you came from and where you want to go. They say that the, that to control the narrative of the past is to control the path to the future. Cancel culture will be the downfall of many living today period nonstop. it will be the unraveling of everything you know to be truthful and sacred and right and good if you have not been able to read the writing on the wall you should understand that this cancel culture is coming for you believer It's coming, and it's coming for your biblical standard of faith and practice. It's coming. Learn it now while you still can and teach it to your children because no one, and I mean no one, is going to teach your children these truths. No one's going to teach it to them. It's up to you. You're going to have to buckle up, buttercup. Yeah, whatever. It's time. There's no excuses. You're going to have to teach it to your your family. If this is true with worldly events and global and, and governments and global chaos, think how important it is with spiritual and eternal matters. If that's what's happening in the world with just culture, erase the past so that you don't even understand anything or how we got here. The price that was paid to even get here. Just keep blaming people and Erase the past. That way you can govern the future. Keep that in mind. <clears throat> Folks, this is why the, the short and most powerful lie have, of all time has always been and still is, did God really say, did God really mean that? And that's where this cancel culture is going to come in because people accept that as standard. Well, that's your truth. This is my truth. That's the way you read the Bible. This way I read the Bible. We're both right. No, you're not. Stop doubting your Bible. Read it, for it will be light for your path and life and peace. It is your recipe book for life and worship of your creator, not sermons or even this study. This study is designed to spark an interest in you to get into your Bible. I've got so many. I've got books and Bibles scattered everywhere and tons of them in my computer. <clears throat> the Bible is your resource book. It is a treasure to hold and study. God has invited you to be involved in this grand story and not just be a bystander. You are important, and I'm going to go ahead and say it, so much more important than you ever imagined because he wants your involvement in an activity that is ongoing this day that has eternal ramifications. He's not waiting for you to get to heaven and just Survive this life. He wants you to be active now. Impacting eternity. Now. By what you do, say and believe and act out now. It's incredible. I want to leave you today with the thought that God not only wants, but expects you to be directly involved in his redemption of creation and glorification of his name. Oh, yeah, I said it. Redemption. He wants you to be involved in this act of redemption. I'm not making this stuff up. Even Paul says this type of thing that we're actively involved in this activity called redemption. And it's not only redemption of souls, but the whole created realm, the whole created dimension of Earth itself. If we are pointing everyone to Him and glorifying Him and not ourselves, then we're on the right track. You'll get on the right track if you'll start trying to point people to Him and not you and start worrying more about glorifying Him instead of pursuing your desires in and of themselves. Remember, it's not about you. It's not about me. It's about Him. However, He is inviting you to the front lines in this story, and it is powerful. Let me jump to the chase just a little bit here and give you a little hint to where we're headed. You and I in humanity, we are not collateral damage in the war between Satan and God. That is not what is going on. It's not. It's bigger than that. As a matter of fact, we are the focal point of this war. And I know you probably already believe that. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Satan's down here, you know, taking as many to hell as he can. Really? You think that's what it is? He's throwing a temper tantrum and he's just going to try to take as many to hell as he can? I know it says he's thrown down to heaven, thrown down to earth from heaven, and he's raging because he knows his time is short. Well, yeah. But he's raging to accomplish something. He's raging to accomplish something because God has all the cards in the deck and he's dealt Satan and Lucifer and these other angelic beings their hand. He's hung his hat on something. He's like... I'm going to give you one hand to play. Let everybody share their opinions. Share your opinion. But guess what? I'll hold all the cards in the deck. And here's your hand. Play it. If you're getting one thing, I'm God, the creator of the universe. I even created you. I know not only all about the future. I know all and have already experienced all of the potential futures. <laughs> wrap your brain around that one he's outside of time and space there's no way you're winning this war but in the even in this process I'm gonna prove that I'm God Wow! I know I really blew my time big time today we didn't get through with my notes I made it to page five of 14 of my notes I made it one-third of the way through I hope this study is helpful to you I hope it's encouraging I hope it's empowering. I hope it's freeing. I hope it's opening up your Bible in a way that you never thought possible. And the reason is because you've been lied to about what your Bible says. And it's kept you from understanding what the Bible says about you. And it's made it hard to understand therefore you go i'm you know what i'm just going to listen to whatever the preacher says and i'm just going to try to make it to next friday if i can make it to next friday then i can spend the weekend pretending like i don't have any worries and then i'll get up Monday and go back to work and struggle again until next friday and i'm going to do that for the rest of my life until i die and then i'll get to heaven and i'll be able to rest and not worry about this stuff anymore How sad that probably 99%, and I'm guessing, but I've been a minister for a long time, 99% of the believers on the earth are living their lives like that. So sad. But I believe in this day and hour, God is awakening his people and saying, put on your stuff, war is here. Read your Bible, pray, repeat every day, I'm coming But when I come, will I find faith on the earth? And if you're one of the virgins waiting on the bridegroom to show up, you better make sure your your lamp's got oil in it. Don't be found sleeping, chasing your stuff. Oh, yeah, 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 now I need oil. Too late. Too late. God bless you. Thank you for being with us. Uh, Check us out at fourwindschurch.org if you want. Leave us a message, please. Leave me a message. It will help the algorithm. Whatever. Um, share this video. I know I went long. Man, goodness gracious, I went about 50 minutes. didn't really want to do that, but I was afraid it would happen. I'm passionate about this story. I wrote a book about it. If you want to download it and read it, have some of the information there, it's there. We're going to, in this study, try to go deeper than even what's in the book, so it's going to take longer. But it's fourwindschurch.org backslash Picture. All one word. It's a PDF file. Feel free to download it and read it for yourself. Uh, we will pull verses and passages out of the book. We'll also pull a lot more verses as we try to dissect uh, those topics. So God bless you. Thank you for being here. Let me pray this prayer over us. Ya shalom. May God himself bless you and keep you, guard you. May God himself be gracious to you, cause his face to smile upon you. May this same God, creator of the universe, literally lift up his countenance, his glory, his face upon you and give you his shalom, his peace. God bless you and I hope to see you soon.